0: Hello everybody. Welcome once again to Vineyard Community Church as we continue on in a series we started last week called Interfacing. Interfacing. Um, we finished a series called Interacting Well and I know the words are similar but interfacing is a little different An interface is, is uh, something that helps connect two things together. And so uh, we're talking in this series about how we are to be an interface between the kingdom of God and pre-Christians is what we decided we would call people that were unbelievers to this point. Uh, we're gonna call them and, and think of them as pre-Christians, just people who need to come and connect with God the way that we have, and that this is all part of our mission. And we're gonna use in this series Second Peter, or 1 Peter, pardon me, chapter two, the first 12 verses. Uh, and so I think they give us a real nice um, description of an interface. And, and that uh, as an interface, it's about the life that we live, but also the words that we speak. In particular, the message that we have, the radical message of the good news of Jesus Christ and what that means. And, and we're going to be talking about all of that and developing this idea of, of living a life that gives us um, a platform for speaking the words of life and truth into other people. And so that's the heart of being an interface. That's what it takes. That, that, that in order for people who don't yet... Um, aren't yet connected to God, um, to, to come into his kingdom. It takes those words being spoken into them to have an impact, the words of the gospel, uh, and what that means, and, and that they can take and receive that and believe in their hearts and confess with their mouth that Jesus is Lord so that they too can connect into God uh, and all that that means. And so that's what we're doing. Uh, this is Mother's Day weekend, and um, we do want to say Happy Mother's Day to, to everyone that's here. Happy Mother's Day. We're so glad you're here. Hope you have a great weekend and uh, that you're blessed. And we appreciate you so much for all that you do. Uh, and uh, uh, you know, if you can come back in the morning, I, I know some of you're busy, but it's Mother's Day. We're gonna have uh, we're gonna have a big breakfast for you. And they were cutting fruit all day and fruit salad, and and uh, I think they're making French toast. And it's gonna be awesome. So if you can come back, if not, we had we had spaghetti. couldn't fire it up both night and morning. So anyway, uh happy Mother's Day and don't forget to you know tomorrow if you get a chance uh to you know bless your moms, call them, whatever you need to do. It's funny my mom uh it, my mom lives in Texas and her birthday is on uh May the 6th. And so um we have a you know perfectly fine relationship but it's not like we talk every day you know it's usually once a month or six weeks whenever you know it's it's it is what it is and uh but it's always good we have a good chat but it's funny because this time of the year so I just I just called on Tuesday to and I sent cards and so it's like two cards have to go in the mail at the same time because it's birthday and mother's day and then she got a phone call Tuesday <laughs> and she'll get boom she'll get a phone call tomorrow she'll be like hello and we've already talked about everything Tuesday so uh <laughs> it'll be uh huh uh uh-huh. we have nothing but I want to make sure she knows I love her and appreciate her, and, and uh, that's what the phone call's all about. I oh, was speaking of that, so I got a little story about Mother's Day. Uh, you, you might have heard this, but I like it, and it fits. Um, so these four brothers, they, uh, they've gone off to college in their lives, and they've all become very successful, um, um, you know, business people, or doctors, or lawyers, whatever, and uh, they've all prospered. They've all done great, and so some years later, after all of that, they've gotten together, and they're... They're having a dinner together, and they're discussing the Mother's Day gifts that they were just able to give their mother, who's now um, fairly well along in years. Um, and she lives in a different place, but they, they all were able to send her a really nice gift, and they were kind of bragging about it to each other. And, and so the, the, the first the son, Milton, first brother, says, uh, you know what, I had a big house built for her for Mother's Day. Then Marvin, the second one, said, you know what, I had a $100,000 theater built into that house. Nice, And then the third one says, I had my Mercedes dealer deliver an CL 600 to her. And then finally the fourth son, Melvin, he says, you know how mama loves reading the Bible? You know she can't read anymore because she can't see very well. Well, I met this preacher who told me about a parrot that can recite the entire Bible. It took 20 preachers 12 years to teach him. I had to pledge to contribute $100,000 a year for 20 years to the church but it was worth it. Mama just has to name the chapter and verse and the parrot will recite it. And the other brothers are really, really impressed. So after receiving all these wonderful gifts for Mother's Day, the mom sits down to send out thank you you notes to the sons. So she starts, she writes to Milton, Milton, you know the house you built so huge. I live in only one room, but I have to clean the whole house, thanks anyway. Marvin, I'm too old to travel, I stay home. I have my groceries delivered, so I never use the Mercedes. The thought was good, thanks. Michael, you, you gave me an expensive theater with Dolby Sound. It could hold 50 people, but all my friends are gone. I've, I've lost my hearing. I'm, I'm nearly blind. I'll never use it. Thanks for the gesture. Just the same. Dearest Melvin, you were the only son to have the good sense to give a little thought to your gift. The chicken was delicious. Thank you. <laughs> Happy Mother's Day. Okay, I'm going to go right to the scripture reading. This is out of 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 and 17. All scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we're wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. And blessed be the word of the Lord. What I want to do today is uh, we're going to dig into 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 2 in just a moment. We did verse 1 last week. Today I'm going to be talking about the word of God, or the Bible. And, and this is one of the most important things that, that I share with you um, as, as a pastor. Uh, you know, along with, with coming to know Christ, obviously, um, uh, as Lord and Savior of your life. Spending time in the Word of God is, is one of those things that, that um, I, I, I hope to communicate with you the, the importance of it in your life. Uh, along with the importance of prayer, um, reading the Scripture uh, needs to be such a foundation of the Christian life. But I want to be careful when I talk about it. I, I never want to try and manipulate you into it or guilt you into it because those things don't laugh. I just want to um, uh, hopefully communicate to you how amazing the Scripture is and, and uh, to encourage you to, to develop a habit of spending time in the Word of God every day because it's vital to the life of of a believer, and if we're if we're going to be a people that act as an interface, living this thing out well, and and ultimately um, having the ability to share the the gospel message, you know that Jesus died for people's sin at the cross, defeated death, and rose again. That's the heart of the gospel. Um, we're going to have to um, take these things into our own lives in a very significant way, and and so again, I I, I don't. Um, motivations for um, discipling, well, for for the disciplines, um, if if they don't come out of love, they just don't seem to last very long. And so, uh, reading this this scripture should be a joy, and, and and that's my hope is to talk about it and and just encourage you to keep pressing in so that you can experience that in your own lives. First Peter two two. Uh, this is the verse we're going to dig into today. It says, Like newborn babies crave pure spiritual milk so that by it you may grow up in your salvation. Now, spiritual milk is a reference to the Word of God, um, the Bible. First Peter 2.2, uh, same verse, translated this time just slightly differently in the New American Standard Version. Like newborn babes long for the pure milk of the Word that by it you may grow in respect to salvation." And so the, the encouragement there, the, the word is, that we are to um, long for the pure milk of the word. So let's talk about that just in a few points today. First point is this. The first thing that Peter says there is that, like newborn babies, like newborn babies in First Peter two two. Now, if you were here last week, you remember I said that, um, 1st Peter chapter 2 starts off with the therefore and and so these these 12 verses that we're talking about are connected back to what was being talked about at the end of chapter 1 of 1st Peter and and so this idea of uh, like newborn babies is is also connected back into that little chunk of Scripture at the end of 1st Peter particularly to the the 23rd verse of chapter 1 of 1st Peter which I'll read to you again for you have been born again not of perishable seed but of imperishable through the living and enduring Word of God." Um, And so, since you've been born again, Peter's saying, now like newborn babies, since you've just been born again by the Word, now like newborn babies, you need to crave um, the, the spiritual milk of the Word. And that's the second point. Since you've been born again by the Word, now you need to crave the pure spiritual milk of the word 1 Peter 2.2, two, crave pure spiritual milk. So since, since your spiritual life began with the word, you also need to continue your life with the word. And Peter says there that we're to crave or desire that we could be or long for the word of God. And if you don't have a craving or a desire or a longing for the word, you need to get one. Because what Peter's saying here isn't a suggestion, it's much more of a command. Now, sometimes I think when we think about desires, we think, well, you know, there's nothing we can do about a desire, it's just an emotion that we have. And and the fact is, it's not. A desire is actually an act of the will. As believers, we can choose to desire what is right and to let go of what isn't. And so that's why Peter is issuing us a command to desire the Word. And if we don't have it, it's, it's something on our end. It's, it's something that we, we just need to keep pushing into until we figure it out. It's, it's, uh, it's not enough to say, well, I just, you know, I, I just don't have the desire. Um, something uh, in the life of a believer is askew if, if that desire isn't there. And, and again, not out of guilt, not out of manipulation, not anything else. Just out of the, the fact that, that as believers... As people that follow Christ, we, we should have a, an active desire for the Word of God in our lives because everything in life is, is, is tied into this in our lives as believers. And, and so um, Peter's, it, it's basically a commandment. It's like, if you don't have a desire, you need to really take a look at why because everything is impacted by that desire. See, because he, he adds this little admonition at the end. verse The third point is this. It's so that by it you may grow up you may grow up you may continue to grow first um, Peter 2 the end of it so that by it you may grow up in your salvation in this life uh, in this in this being born again that 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 started with the Word of God and continues in the Word of God and is what causes us to grow and 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 so the reality is if we're not spending some time in the Word of God um, we, we sort of get stunted in our growth um, newborn babies—they—they—they they, uh, they eagerly desire milk. Um, you can ask the new parents around um, to the point where trying to keep up with their demand for milk is is exhausting to the parents because it's a constant. It doesn't—it's it, every couple of hours or sometimes it's more, and it's a—it's a constant desire. If um, a newborn um, starts to not have that desire for milk, it generally means that something's not right. Either they're not feeling well or something's not right, but it's a, it's a sign that there's something that's not right. See, and same with us. Um, if, we, if we lose that desire, it means something isn't right, and we need to take a look at what it is. Hebrews 4.12 says, the Word of God is living and active sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. So what happens in our life is when we spend time in the Word, the Spirit is at work in us, gradually conforming us to be more like Jesus in the way that we live. And God uses the Bible, the Word of God, which is sharper than any double-edged sword, to cut away everything that doesn't look like Jesus in our lives. That's what's going on. That's why it's so important. The, the, this thing starts to cut away in us everything that doesn't look like Jesus. And its, it's it starts going after it deep, it says, you know, to, to, to marrow and uh, uh, joints. Uh, it, it gets in there, and it starts really doing the work um, as as we spend time in it, because it's the It's the heart of God for us. It's a love letter of God to us. It's it's all those things. It's it's everything that we need um, in in life. And the Holy Spirit who's in us uses it uh, in in this whole process of of sanctifying us. And and so when we're spending time in it, the Spirit of God is then able to use that in this whole thing. And and, uh, I sort of had this, uh, I like this, this sort of picture of everything that's, you know, not of God. He just kind of lops it off. And I, I like that. You know, all the high-tech stuff they have with swords and everything. And, all that, and it's just like, you know, if it's not of God, go, whoosh, and it's gone. And, and, uh, and, and it's this process that happens as we spend time in the Word. Uh, 2 Timothy three sixteen 16 and 17. This is a scripture reading. This is out of the message paraphrase. Every part of scripture is God-breathed and useful one way or another, showing us truth, exposing our rebellion correcting our mistakes, training us to live God's way. Through the Word, we are put together and shaped up for the tasks God has for us. Uh, Through the Word, I like this, we're put together and shaped for the tasks that God has for us, shaped and put together by the Word. The Word prepares us to experience the full and abundant life that Jesus came to give us. And so all of that is a part of this this amazing, fascinating, wonderful, living, active book that, that God has for us. It's an amazing thing. It's, it's beyond description um, in its, in its uh, magnitude, its complexity, and yet in its simplicity as well and how it speaks, to, it speaks to us for all those things. Okay, you see, showing us truth, Exposing our rebellion, correcting our mistakes, and training us to live God's way. Isn't that, Isn't that? So the truth is here. Exposes our rebellion. I still got some of that in me. I see it all the time. Correcting our mistakes. I still make those. Training us to live God's way. I mean, that's a constant. And it's all through the Word. Put together and shaped for the tasks He has for us. For the life He wants us to live. And so, I know you've heard me say this a lot. And, and you'll keep hearing me say it. Because it's it's on my heart to to somehow you know at some point communicated to the place where it takes hold but we have to spend time in this book you have to in order to experience the real full abundant now and forever life that Jesus wants you to have you got to spend time in his word and if you're not you have to ask this question why why not I, I I promise you there's no other substitute there's there's nothing else You can listen to teachings, you can watch great preachers on TV, you can take all that in, that's all wonderful stuff, but nothing is a substitute for you cracking this book and reading it every day, some of it, some part of it, for some period of time. All that varies, uh, you know, and, and uh, people, you know, they, I think they get stuck in the, the thing, well, how long, what, you know, start with a few minutes is what I always encourage, and then see where it goes from there. But it, but it should always be a joy and not a chore. If you ever like, oh, I got to get that over with because the pastor said I have to, you're not going to get anything out of it. See, it has to be something that you, 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 you ask God to, to help you with if you don't have that desire to put it back into your life because that's where you're going to find life. And remember, um, we talked about this a couple of series ago. There's a very real battle going on that we're involved in. We have a very real enemy who wants to steal life from you. And he's sneaky and he's tricky and he's deceitful. And and I, I think we have to ask ourselves, you know, the question, is it possible that he might be throwing some deceit your way that keeps you from spending time in the Word, which is having the impact of stealing away from you the life that God wants you to have. See, because sometimes for me, just the thought that the enemy's pulling one over on me makes me go, you know, I I don't want to let him do that. I I don't want to, I I, want to experience as much as I can of what God has for me. And I know he's, he's promised this full and abundant life. And, and part of my response is, you know, Lord, show me, you know, the, the truth. Show me my mess. You know, help me to fix what I'm doing wrong. And, and Lord, just train me to live for you so I can live the life you've called me to. And, and, and so if, if, if there's anything that's in there, um, we need to sort of look at what it might be. And there's so many things that compete for our attention. And some of these are a trick and a trap. Some good things that sort of all of a sudden become less good because of the way they distract us from what's important. I I think about this sometimes um, because it will happen to me uh, every now and again. I'll sit down and I think, you know what, I'm going to check my email. I got five minutes, so I'm going to jump in, just check my email. And I start to check my email. And then all of a sudden, uh, you know, I see something in an email that leads me to do a Google search. And the Google search takes me to about four or five different things. And in reading those four or five different things, I decide I need to find out about something else. And now I've gone to look at something else. And then I need to find out if it's true or not. And so I'm going to the site to see if it's true or not. And then I read what's current there. And I'm finding out what's true and what's not all over the place. And And then, you know, while I'm here, I might as well just see what's going on and see if there's any new pictures of the grandkids on the Facebook. And I pop open the Facebook. And all of a sudden now I've got to scroll down, I don't know how many pages, just to see if, if whatever's going on. And, and then, you know, I'll, I'll look back, and suddenly an hour has gone, or two. I mean, ridiculous amounts of time gone on, on something, distraction. Not bad things. Certainly not. None of it was bad. You know, and I might have learned something along the way, and whatever. It's not bad. It's just distracting. Especially if that took all my time, and now all of a sudden I don't have any time to read the Word. I go, oh, I don't have any time. I managed to find time. See, this is where I want to be careful because I don't want to guilt people into that. So (laughs) by saying, if you managed to find time for that, you can't find a few minutes for the Bible, but that's guilt and manipulation. I don't want to do that. I just want to to tell you and encourage you that um, developing the habit of spending time in the Word changes everything. The psalmist said this in Psalm 1, 1 through 3. Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked or stand in the way of uh, sinners or sit in the seat of mockers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law, he meditates day and night. He's like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever he does prospers. It's a pretty good promise from the psalmist. First, first Psalm 1, first three verses. It was an encouragement to spend time reading, reading the Psalms, whatever. Listen, I've got on the website, I've got several different Bible reading plans. I've got all sorts of stuff going on there where you can find your way. But, but find something simple. Find something that works for you. Find something that you can do every day. I know some of you don't like to read very much. Well, then don't read a lot, but do a little every day. Um, there's 31 chapters of Proverbs. I tell people this all the time. Start there. Do a chapter of Proverbs every day. They're mostly 28, 29, 30 verses. It takes two minutes to read. If you're not a strong reader, it may take you five. But but, um, find it in a a simple version, if you like, and read that. And do it every day. I I read the Proverbs like that every day, and I have for years. I read them over and over and over and over and over and over. And I'm always getting new stuff out of them. You think, well, how do you... You know, the stuff that I need for the day kind of sticks, and the rest of them, I, I, they're back there somewhere, but I forget them, you know, because there's a lot of them. But then I, and then I read them some more. You know, if, if, if you can do that, start there. If you, if you can do more than that, do more than that, but build up to it. That's always I tell people, don't, don't you know, hear me and go, okay, now I got to, and, and, and launch out to try and do an hour a day that's not in you, and you get a day in, and you never come back to it. Five minutes. Um, and, and just give it a whirl it'll change your life. It really will. If you miss a day, well then just skip that day and go get it the next day. And then you, you, there's a way when, when your desire begins to pick up, which it will, um, when you when you start, you, you don't want to miss. You don't. You really don't want to miss. Because um, uh, there's something cool in it. You know, there's, spending time in the Word's is a big part of my, my daily life. Um, and, and not just because I'm a pastor and I have to read it. That's separate. Uh, just for my own daily connection with God, I spend time reading the Bible. And I don't like to not spend that time. It's, it's a desire. Um, and, and so I, I, I make sure that, that um, in my own life, I, I make it a priority. So, if, you know, for me, it means I get up very early when, every, when it's quiet in my house and I just spend time hanging out with the Word um, and spending the time. But find a time. For you, that might be a terrible time. You might not early in the morning. Well, you know, get off at lunch and, and go do it then. Um, yeah, before dinner, after dinner, before bed. If you have to, the only reason I don't like to read much, I read a little at night before I go to bed because it's kind of, but it's hard for me to, it puts me to sleep. So um, I don't know about you, but I, I love it for that. Boom, I started reading. Boom! <laughs> I read on my iPad so I can see it. And uh, sometimes, one. Uh, not that long ago, one night, I was just reading it and literally the iPad woke me up because it fell on the floor. <laughs> because I had gone... So um, find times that work for you, but do it. I, 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 and not, I don't want to guilt you, manipulate you, just want to encourage you. It will it impacts life, uh, the life of a believer in a significant way. And, um, and so that's it for um, today. That's what I wanted to say. So, so I hope you can take that in. And my heart will um, just be praying that, that you find time and a spot to make it a part of your life just so that your life can be blessed. And, and uh, uh, it will be. So um, if you're watching my TV or video, thank you for doing that. We know how valuable your time is. We appreciate you spending time with us. Come and visit us whenever you can. Go to the website if you need prayer. There's a prayer page there. We'd be happy to pray for you. You can give us a call. We'll do that as well. We'll see you soon. God bless.